Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Pastor Mark's series on middle management. He's been talking about keys to a healthy soul. Uh, so we're going to uh, continue that today and end that series. And before we, uh, let me begin by saying this. It is possible for you to hear truth and for it to move you and shake you to your core and still not transform you. It's possible for us to hear truth and it move us and still not free us. And it's been a while back, but I remember I was at home one morning and I felt God say, I want you to go and I want you to look out the window. And so I went and I was staring out the window of our dining room and uh, all, all it is just woods everywhere. But the sun was coming up and light was streaming through. And so... I was looking at it, and it was such a picture. You know, the light was streaming through, and there were, it's a lot, of, a lot of woods, so a lot of weeds, and it was almost like the weeds had made this wall, um, and it, there were places where it just closed off. Does that make sense? So, like, even if the light was directly overhead, um, there were still places in the woods that wouldn't get any light, and it was such a metaphor for me as I was looking at those, looking out the window of those places in my heart, those places in all of our hearts that just get walled off where light doesn't get in or it may pass over and just that, just pass over. And, but there's walls and they're closed off and walled off. And I was just praying to God, God, I, oh, I don't want that to be my heart. I, everything's on the table. Whatever you want to deal with, you deal with, it's all on the table. That's not going to be a picture of my heart. And I felt God say to me, it's not a picture of your heart. It's your mind. It's a, it's a picture of your mind. And we may hear truth. And we may be touched in our hearts. And yet not free in our heads. It's possible to hear truth and it move us in our heart and walk out those doors and be trapped in our mind. And I was reading, uh, I think it was Isaiah, Isaiah 49, 15, maybe, it's Passion Translation, and it says something like, the Lord responds, how could a loving mother forget uh, her child? The one that she bore. And even if there was a mother who forgot her child, I could never no, never forget you. Can't you see? I have carved your name on the palm of my hands. Your walls are always my concern. And yet, yeah, talking here about the walls in Jerusalem, but there's meaning for us now, today. Every single one of us here, no matter what you came in with, no matter what you face, some of us came in those doors with a battle in our minds on repeat. He knows all about it. He knows all about it. He knows what you face. He knows the condition of your heart and your mind. He knows those places where there's no light getting in. And he says to every single one of us this morning, can't you see? I could never, no, never forget you. 
I have carved your name on the palm of my hands. Your walls are always my concern. God is committed and he's absolutely faithful to get to us, to give to us whatever we need to walk out the callings and giftings and assignments he's placed in our life. And so before we just start, I want it to be established in our hearts and in our minds that that is who he is. That is his nature. He's a personal God. He's a good God. He longs to give us, to bless us, to get things to us. That is his nature. And you are continually on his mind, continually on his mind. I know it's been said that the gospel is just good news, but it's way better than some of us have been taught. Amen? All right. Matt, could you hand me that water? Thank you. All right, so, sorry about that. Let's make it as awkward as possible. Okay. <laughs> oh, all right, so I had to... Um, I had to start with that. It wasn't some motivational speech to get you happy. Uh, it was truth. This is truth. That is what he thinks of us. And it has to be established here for you to fight any battle, for you to even fight anything going on in your mind. It has to be established first that he is absolutely good and absolutely faithful. And I love, uh, in Matthew 5, 8, the message translation reads, if you work on getting your inner world, your heart and your mind put right. You will see God in your outer world. So if you work on getting your inner world put right, you will see God in your outer world. And if you've been at Anchor Faith for any amount of time, you know this. Working on your inner world is intentional. It is purposeful. And it will always be your responsibility. I have found that destiny and living with purpose and knowing who you are is usually not taken from you. I know it says the enemy roars about like a lion seeking who he can devour, but the enemy has been defeated. He can only defeat you in areas you don't know or don't apply, right? Which means we never fight for victory. We already have it. We never fight for victory. We fight from victory, from a place of victory, which means that we are never victims. And so I've seen that people, their destiny or purpose is usually not taken from them. Most of the time, we rob ourselves of it. And the number one thing that will rob you of your destiny is not having a really bad, horrible past. It's not trauma. And it's not being born on the wrong side of town. And it's not being not being smart enough or good enough or having gone through all this stuff, that doesn't take away your destiny. The number one thing that will rob you from your purpose, from your God-given destiny, is your very own perspective. What's going on in your mind? What's going on in your mind today? Because your inner world... Your internal reality is going to shape your external reality. Your inner world will shape your external one, which means what 
is going on in your mind. It is either crippling your purpose or propelling you forward. Every moment, every minute of the day, it's infection or health. Every moment, every minute of the day, every thought. This is true for every moment. And I was reading a quote the other day from a book, an old book I had called Who Switched Off My Brain? And I tore the page out. And I don't know why I just didn't bring the book. But it... So if you want to read this page, you can later. um, Because I have it for you today. Uh, So it says, um, thoughts are measurable and occupy mental real estate. Thoughts are active. They grow and change. Thoughts influence every decision, word, action, and physical reaction we make. Every time you have a thought, it is actively changing your brain and body for better or worse. I'm not talking about being perfect and thinking perfectly. It is a walk. But I am talking about developing well-formed maturity within our minds. Because then that's going to spill over to developing well-formed maturity within ourselves and within our church. Proverbs 23, it says, For as he thinks within himself, so is he. In 3 John, he prayed for a friend to prosper in good health, just as his soul prospered, which means that it's God's design for our souls to prosper. That's the way the kingdom works. So that every aspect of our life, physical, spiritual, emotional, mental, is whole and healthy. And so people look at our lives and they say, did you see how they responded? Do you see how they live? And then they would marvel at God in you. So God's given us a blueprint for our souls. He's told us what we can do. And Pastor Mark's laid that out in the past few months. And that's why we read, cast your cares, because you do the casting. And then we read, set your mind, you do the setting. And then renew your mind, you do the renewing. Yeah. So what I want to talk about today is setting ourselves up in our minds to have a healthy soul. Because we're all born with the desire to be well, to be whole. Even if that's far from where you are today or you don't even know how to get there, we are all born with that desire. Even in your relationships, if there's tension or struggle or stress, you know this is not how it should be. A few months ago, man, I'm never going to drink this water. I can't do it without putting them. A few months ago, Matt brought home some boots, and they smelled horrible. Thank you. Okay. It, it was bad, and he put it in the foyer of, the, of our home, and do you know what it did? Not the whole house. That may be a stretch, but... It did. It made everything smell. And so I took it, I took those boots and I threw it in the laundry and I put it on like two hour sanitary cycle with gobs of detergent and other clothes. And after those two hours, every piece of clothing, it smelled like those boots. I mean, two hours. And it's a new washer and dryer. It should have done better. And... I know it's funny. This is such a picture of our thought life. 
Like Pastor Mark with culture and how he talked about that, you either set the culture in your home or you just let it happen. You set your mind above or you allow thoughts that are toxic, thoughts that are contaminated, thoughts that are not aligned with God's heart, God's nature, thoughts that are not aligned with truth to ruin all the laundry. And we read about this in 2 Corinthians 10. That's where I'm starting today. And I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. So we'll put that up, 2 Corinthians 10, and we'll start with verse 3. All right. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. You seem to always be looking at people by their outward appearances. If someone is confident that he belongs to Christ, he should remind himself of this. We belong to Christ no less than he does. It may be a familiar verse. I know we've heard that many times, but there's a lot of action going on here. And we read words like wage and dismantle and demolish and break and capture and insist and punish, which tells me if there is a battle in my mind, there is also a solution. There is always a solution. So I got one more page that I ripped out that I wanted to read. All right. Every single thought, whether it is positive or negative, goes through the same cycle when it forms. Thoughts are basically electrical impulses, chemicals, and neurons. But they look like, do you know what they look like? Does anybody know? A tree with branches. As the thoughts grow and become permanent, more branches grow and the connections become stronger. As we change our thinking, so like the verse said, that it just as we change our thinking, some branches go away, new ones form, the strength of the connections change, and the memories network with other thoughts. What an incredible capacity of the brain to change and rewire and grow. Spiritually, this is renewing your mind. As you think, your thoughts are activated, which in turn activates your attitude because your attitude is all of your thoughts put together and reflects your state of mind. It goes on to tell what happens neurologically, if you would like to read these three pages. But it ends by saying, the combination of thoughts, emotions, and resulting attitudes impacts your body in a negative or positive way. So that impact will be positive or it will be negative depending on whether you apply a human solution or God's solution. Because it says in the verse, we don't employ human weapons like manipulation, like self-pity, 
like doubt, like shame, to achieve aims. Instead, we demolish thoughts that oppose God. What we focus on, we give power to. Faith isn't denying a problem exists. Faith is just refusing to give it any influence. So if you get a bad report, or if things aren't going well at work, or your marriage is in pretty bad shape, or your family is falling apart, it's not putting your head in the sand with all of these overwhelming thoughts, these bad thoughts, and pretending that everything is fine, everything is great, everything is fine. This is not setting your mind on things above. It is standing on God's word, on truth, and demolishing every deceptive fantasy demolishing thoughts of fear and worry and anxiety because you know those aren't from the Father. That's not His heart. Demolishing thoughts of self-pity or doubt or shame and refusing to give those thoughts, those toxic thoughts, those contaminated thoughts, a place of influence or a place of prominence because what we focus on we give power to. And the very place that this starts is in our mind. Because there has to be an alignment of my thoughts with his. I can't afford to have a thought that you don't have, God. And what's really cool is that we have a helper with alignment. That he's given us a helper. And John, it says, the Holy Spirit is our helper. You know, I'm trying to teach J.L. and Garrison this. And the other day, J.L. came and she said, hey, is holy cow a bad word? She's really serious and she really wanted to know. And I said, well... Why don't you just ask the Holy Spirit? Ask him what he says. and Because we're trying, we're wanting to teach them, we're wanting to set that culture in our home to intentionally create a culture where we are all asking the Holy Spirit for help, even mommy and daddy. We are all asking the Holy Spirit for help. And J.L. kind of threw her head back and she's like, can you just tell me, can I say it or not? And I didn't tell her. I don't know if she asked. But they're learning, like... <laughs> Garrison, she hadn't said it, so maybe she did ask. And then Garrison was putting on a seatbelt the other day, and he was so mad and frustrated because seatbelts can lead to that, I guess, if you can't get them on. And he just said, Holy Spirit, help me, <laughs> like that. And so he's learning. It may have been frustration, but he's learning. And the more we invite the Holy Spirit in those walled-off places in our mind, the more our thoughts become aligned to God's thoughts. Hey, I don't, I don't know about this, God. What do you think? This looks really bad. I don't know what to do. Matt was going to make some decisions about the company in December, some drastic decisions. And the Holy Spirit just stopped him and said, no, you don't need to make any decisions, none, none at all. And he stopped. He said, okay, I'm not going to. He was able to pull back out of relationship and walk in peace and confidence. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 2, 14, and we'll start at 14. And I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation again. All right, that was a good time to get water. Someone living, someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's Spirit, for they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. 
those who live in the Spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things. And they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but God. For who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord Yahweh well enough to become his counselor? Christ has, and we possess Christ's perceptions. The New King James Version says, and we have the mind of Christ. Philippians 2.5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And as you walk out in relationship with him, he will show you what thoughts need to go, what thoughts need to stay, what thoughts are of him, what thoughts are lies. I grew up in the church, and so I've served in the church in a lot of different areas. And I remember one time I was working, even in my early 20s, I worked as a youth pastor. So I remember the situation where I was really frustrated and um, serving in church and someone above me in authority over me. um, I did not see eye to eye with. Maybe that's a good way to put it. Um, There was some dysfunction and no communication and I was frustrated. So what do we do when we're frustrated? Well, at that time I went straight to my mama and I remember I was sitting with my mom and I was talking to her about this person and I um, was kind of laying it all out and I said this about the person. You know what, mama? I will serve even under incompetence. And instantly, the Holy Spirit said, that is not who they are. And it so gripped me and um, grieved me. I stopped and I said, you know what? I, the Holy Spirit just told me that I am not seeing them like he's seeing them. I need to stop talking about it. My perspective's off. And this is why that matters at the thought level. Because what we tolerate in our thoughts, we will tolerate in our behavior. What you entertain in your mind, it will come out in your life. And do you know when we focus on what's wrong with somebody else, even if it's wrapped up in pretty language like I will serve, If we focus on what's wrong with someone else, we will tolerate and excuse sin in our own lives. So all of a sudden, it was okay for me to slander someone made in the image of God, somebody in the body of Christ, because I deemed them incompetent. I want to be, the only reason I share that is because I want to be super practical this morning. The more your inner world is put right, the more it will be seen in how you treat other people. The more that God is, is, you become more like him, your thoughts align with him, the more it's visible in the way we treat each other. Let's go to 1 Peter one twenty two. All right, it says, Passion Translation now, because of your obedience to the truth, you have purified your very souls. Note that it says because of your obedience to the truth. The prerequisite is you obey. And this empowers you to be full of love for your fellow believers. So express this sincere love toward one another passionately and with a pure heart. Can you think about the last time that there was tension or disagreement 
or struggle in a relationship. Matt and I were talking about that this week. I was asking him, man, what's the last argument we had so I can share it? Uh, <laughs> we really were. That's what we were talking about. And um, it was back in December, and it was about money. And so we, were, we talked about this this weekend, and um, I remember back in December, I had gotten a really great idea, and I came to him, and I said, you know what we should do? I think it would be a great idea to pay tithes on what we want to make. I don't, we're going to stand in faith, and we're going we're gonna to just do that. Okay, well, b- before I go on with that, our personalities are different. So I'm a dreamer. I can see 20 years from now. I'm a visionary. That's who I am. Ten years ago, we came out to a plot of land. It had trees all over it. I saw a house. Matt's, Matt's a realist, so he sees the 100 things that have to happen before, before that happens. I'm like, we need to start clearing the land now. I mean, that was 10 years ago, and I'm like, we gotta, we got to clear the land. And he's like, we're no, what? And I'm like, no, we, we've got to clear it, and we need houseplants. We need them. And so that's kind of, they're, um, they're both great personalities. Oh, they are. Okay. Um, both personalities are needed. They both have strengths, and they both have weaknesses. Right? All right. So I come up with a great idea. We had just given in stretch offering and it was a stretch for our family. And Matt was feeling that, maybe more than me, because of our personalities. And he did not like my idea. And I did not like him not liking it. <laughs> and it took about 20 seconds for us to, to begin to feel anger towards one another. I know it sounds silly now, but it, was, it got heated. And then all of a sudden, one thought, it turned into a few more that turned into a few more until my mind looked like that dirty, smelly laundry. And so did Matt's mind too. Okay. And so I, I wrote down things that I thought. I tried to remember like things that I thought of when we were having that disagreement. And then I made Matt uh, come up with some too, which I'll share. And so... <laughs> so... I, I thought, well, he doesn't stand in faith. He doesn't understand me. He doesn't want what's best for our family. <gasps> He's not a man of God. Okay, those are just the beginning thoughts. The end result is ugly, right? So it sounds silly, but it starts in our mind, and then all of a sudden, oh, God, so-and-so would make a better husband than, than Matt. I mean, you can take it and you can apply it to every single relationship. If it's a friendship, if it's a relationship at work, and you've got these thoughts and you decide if you shut them down. Okay, i got to read Matt's. So this would would not be one-sided. Matt said she just wants us to struggle. She's so ungrateful. She doesn't see the big picture. And we stopped. We stopped. We spoke to one another in love and understanding. We've had a lot of practice with that. And I remember Matt looked at me and he said, we will not struggle. What was he doing? He was demolishing the lie. She just wants us to struggle. He was demolishing that toxic thought and he was replacing it with truth. Same with me. Matt's heart is continually turned towards God. I know that. That is truth. He wants what's best for our family. Why am I? Why am I sharing this? Because as is often the case with our mind, 
if we do not stop the narrative, and I would use contaminated and deadly narrative, in our head, at thought level, it will come out in our behavior. You will have disagreement in relationship. Unity is not agreeing with someone. It is honoring them. So you're going to have disagreement. You decide what you're going to do afterwards. And you will decide this first in your mind. When we focus on what's wrong with someone else, we tolerate and we excuse sin in our own lives. So all of a sudden, there, I'm not dealing with thoughts of self-pity rising up in me or, the, or pride or arrogance. I'm not demolishing every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and breaking through every arrogant attitude that's raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. Instead, I'm solely focused on a pile of negative thoughts that if not renewed or stopped, will connect like branches. That's neurologically, that will happen. They will connect like branches and then they will grow stronger. I will always share personally because that's where God reveals himself. And I've learned so much about God from being Matt's wife, from being JL's mama, from being Gearson's mama, from being a daughter, a sister, a a sister-in-law. Did you know that the fruits of the Spirit are relational? Did you know the fruit of the Spirit is relational? You need people. You need people. That's why we were, create, we were created. You've got to, to need people. You've got to be connected to people. This is how God made us. We need each other. And y'all have heard me preach about connection before. I won't today. Levi's tired of it, and he's not even here, is he? Good. He'll catch this on tape. There's a quote I like uh, in therapy, but it's uh, a guy who studied the drug epidemic. He's talking about addiction, but he said, the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. Why? Because that's what we were created for, to need one another. It's also interesting in Galatians 5.22 when it lists the fruits of the Spirit and it says love, joy, and I heard this quote about joy the other day as a side note. I just love it. It says joy is not an emotion. Happiness is an emotion. Joy is the product of a correct belief system. Isn't that good? So it's interesting in Galatians 5.22 when it lists the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It says against such, there is no law, which means nothing works against the fruit of the Spirit. When we commit, when it's intentional to practice the fruit of the Spirit, we are aligning our thoughts, our mind. We are sowing into the very nature and character of God. The other day, J.O. and Garrison were fighting for a spot on the couch. It is their favorite spot. It's mine, too. I, I fight with them and make them move. But they were just in an all-out brawl, and it was about to get worse. And so I sat down, and I said, you know what? This is a great opportunity to practice the fruit of the Spirit. 
To which one of them, did, no joke, said, turned to the other and said, you can have the spot. Why? Because nothing works against it. Nothing works against the fruit of the Spirit. You take them, you put them in any area. You apply them to any thought against such. There is no law. All right, worship team, why don't y'all come on up? So any area in your life where there's struggle or stress or argument or any relationship where there is tension, instead of creating your own solution, instead of using human weapons, it says we have a map. We know what to do. But here's the thing. You will have to do something. It will be intentional. And it may be as simple as, I will not talk to anyone about this except God. It may be, I am going to start speaking to my day before it speaks to me. And rising up every morning saying, this is my best day yet. It may be my outlook is not dependent on my circumstance. So I'm going to practice joy in my home. I don't even know what that looks like. Holy Spirit, help me. It may be I'm going to love them really well regardless of how they treat me. And then you never let sin against you produce sin within you. When I take take communion. We do this often as a family. Matt and I, go? Matt and I set up for Valentine's Day, we set up this candle at dinner for the kids and we made it very fancy and they gasped when they came in the room and we had this idea that we would talk about love and marriage and all they wanted to talk about was all the candy they got at school. So it didn't go as planned. We're intentionally creating that culture. But we did take communion, and we do that often as a family. And when we take communion, at the end, I take a moment. I don't know if this is going to sound crazy or not. I take a moment to pray for people who have been me, who have criticized me. Any relationship where there's tension, I just take a moment to pray for them, to bless them. God bless their family, bless their children, bless their children's children. God, that they would just know you. All of that stuff, I do. Why? I want to intentionally align my thoughts with His. I want to position myself to see them like God sees them. And also, because the body of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is more than enough. More than enough for any struggle in my mind, any tension, any division. Because out of obedience, you are purifying your very soul. And this empowers you, like it says in 1 Peter, to just love really well. Which is great, because that is what God is known for. And that's what we're supposed to be known for, right? What is going on in your inner world today, in your mind? And I would ask you, well, how are you treating other people? And so I want us to take a minute this morning and we can all stand. And I want you to allow the Holy Spirit. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. 
to you today and to challenge you at the deepest level in those areas that maybe we have walled off where there's no light getting through. Not just in how we behave towards other people, but in how we think about them. In how we think about ourselves. Because Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you to love. Empower us to love. Because that's the end result of a healthy soul. That's what it looks like. That's the fruit of it. That's the end product. Alright, I like this quote. It says, we will always have the tools that God designed us to use. But whether these tools are connected to His power and nature or just the power of humanity, it's, just, it's up to us. Today, let's get our inner world right. Let's get our inner world put right so we can see what God sees, so we can hear what God hears, so we can say what God says, so that we all can love like God loves. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaith.austin.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.